Welcome to episode two of the Frank Monzio Leadership Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And if you could, share with your friends and family and social media about the podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. I told you I would be answering leadership questions at the beginning of each one of my podcasts. I'll go with a couple questions today. The first question is, how does a young leader find a mentor or does the young leader wait for the mentor to find him or her? That's a great question. And every leader should be looking towards someone to have input into your life. I would think that a young leader should pursue a mentor that you want to be with. Pursue a mentor, someone that you respect, and maybe somebody that you would like to be like, or in their particular area of ministry or leadership, you see in that something that you would love to be improved in, and you would actually like their expertise to be imparted into your life. I think a young leader should pursue the mentor of choice, understanding that sometimes you might not get the person that you're going after to mentor you, but they might suggest someone else, or it could come through a natural flow and pathway of relationships that you have with the people around you, and you find someone that you actually ask. I found in my own life that the leaders that I mentored the most were the leaders that pursued me, and some of them pursued me more than once. And they showed their hunger and their determination to want something from my life. I only have so much life to give, and so I'm going to give it to those people who have hunger to receive it, and maybe even determination. Of course, I don't want them to be an irritation to me or to dog my feet all the time, but for them to show that they have a heart for this and a discipline for it, I would respond. <clears throat> so I think a young leader can pursue a mentor, and I think a mentor at times can pursue you. You just have to be careful that if somebody pursues you as a young leader, it's the kind of person you want to mentor your life. And so make wise decision, wise prayer, because it could be one of those pivotal points in your leadership development that as you look back, that relationship and that impartation and that mentoring that came to you was uh, a shaping power over your life. Here's another question. How does a leader stay fresh when they're involved with so much administration, people problems, and other things that crowd their life? Excellent question, and every leader that's leading would have to deal with that. There's no way to hide from the problems, the pressure, the people. There's no way to get away from some of the things that you have to do as a leader. You will do some management, leadership, administration, financial administration, people management and administration. You're going to have leadership meetings. You're going to have uh, paperwork, you're going to have emails, you're going to have responsibilities. You can't get away from being a leader that's going to be working in the real world, whether it's in the marketplace or in the uh, ministry of the local church or beyond the local church. Uh, you're going to have responsibilities that you'll have to deal with. I always felt as a leader 
that I didn't want to do those responsibilities. I'd rather pray, wait on the Lord, kind of the act six kind of a thing, you know. Uh, those who would uh, not deal with the widows and all the problems, but go read the word and wait on the Lord sounded right to me. But life is not just act six. I, I need to wait on the Lord. I need to read the word and I need to prepare my ministry. Absolutely. We're talking about strategic moments and divine encounters. Of course, you got to have those. But at the same time, you need to be responsible with the areas that you're responsible for. All that to say this, you must prioritize certain things in your life or you'll never have them. If you don't have a time for prayer, you may never find time for prayer. My time for prayer wasn't always the same hour or time every day, but it was every day. If you don't find time to refresh your spirit and to fill your spirit with the word and prayer and uh, listening to worship music and meditating and uh, just allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you, you won't find that time. And so I would always try and stay fresh by keeping those times sacred and by keeping the prayer time and the worship time that I have, I always had it in my home office. I didn't do a lot of uh, waiting on the Lord prayer and all that at my church office because there was so much administration that had to be done and people knocking at the door and phones to answer and meetings to have and paperwork all over my desk that would catch my eye and I wanted to call that person or whatever. I found my home office was my sacred place. It was my private place. Nobody could find me there. I could close the door and have private time knowing that nobody was going to knock on the door and I could pray and listen to worship. My style was to listen to worship and to pray, sing, and get into the worship myself and allow myself actually to be refreshed by the Holy Spirit and by the presence of God. Everybody has a different way to be refreshed. Uh, also, there comes times, and I, I think this happens as you journey on as a leader, as you get more into the ministry and all the baggage that comes with the ministry, which is unresolved offenses or irritating people or uh, people on your staff or leadership team that uh, have disloyal actions or things that hurt or disappointments. There's all kinds of stuff that happens in leadership that you're going to have to handle. I found sometimes uh, the best for me and my wife was to plan getaways, which we did four times a year, three days each, away from the children, the family, the church, uh, even two days. If you can find some time to get away, uh, that is the best. And so I would just have to stop and unplug and just go somewhere. We would go to the coast. Uh, we would go different places that were refreshing to us. Uh, and we had special places that had special memories that we had built over the years that were refreshing to us. And so I think every leader has to find a place that refreshes your spirit. It could be a place. It could be people. There are certain people that I like being with because they refresh my spirit. They don't drain me 
and I'm not trying to take advantage of them, but they refresh my spirit. They have uh, a good mindset. They have a, a good, happy uh, framework of life. Uh, they have a good perspective. I like being with them. And it could be that we do dinner, we do golf, we do sports, and we hang out. And, and after that, I feel refreshed. Uh, there would be some pastors I would just like to go be with and just spend a day and, and talk about stuff and unload and, and fellowship and have a dinner together and have some close pastoral leadership friends that you can do that with. And so I think it's up to you, and it's a very important aspect of you being uh, in the ministry and happy and fresh for a long time. Longevity is very important to the church. I would always say to pastors, and I coach pastors right now, and I visit different churches and speak almost every single weekend of the year, uh, I would say to the pastor, the church deserves a happy pastor. If the one thing that you want to be for your church or your leadership team is be a happy person. Nobody wants a whiner, a griper, someone that's always negative. You're always under the burden. It's always the oh me, oh me, oh my. Uh, that doesn't go over well uh, with people and doesn't draw good people to you. So be a happy leader and be a refreshed leader and, and be one that draws uh, that kind of person to you. And that would be an atmosphere that you can pass on to every aspect of leadership and team leadership and teams within your church or your ministry. Now, let's continue on part two of our strategic moments in leadership. We're talking about those times where you encounter God, those times when God encounters you, and during those times when God encounters you, something happens. Something happens that I call uh, divine deposits. Uh, there is a, a touch in your life. Leadership has to have what I call divineness on a person. Uh, the people want to know that you have met with God and that you have a divineness, a deposit, a touch of God in your life. The question to ask, what is the divineness on you that people can feel and they want a piece of? People want a piece of your mantle. They want a piece of your divineness, a piece of your your encounter. They can read books. They can go online. They can follow people uh, through social media. You can do so many things nowadays to find the knowledge of another leader, another person, and some of them are, are just excellent leaders to follow. But you want to be around people that have had a touch from God. And that touch from God is what has put inside of them a divineness, uh, an anointing, a Holy Spirit something that draws you to them, and that's the kind of leader you want to be also. What is the divineness on your life? The reason you are here in leadership is that you had a moment that you were willing to wait on the Lord, and you were willing to receive something from that presence, and that began to shape your life. The call of God overtook you. You were willing to give everything because of a touch, the Isaiah 6, uh, who will go for me, I will go, and then the coal of the altar, you know, that that hot coal on the prophet's mouth, there was a touch, there was an encounter, there was something that happened in Isaiah chapter 6 that caused him to understand he was called 
and he had a burning word in his mouth. You need leadership encounters, and those encounters will make you the kind of person that you were supposed to be and the kind of person that people will want to follow. All right? In 1 Kings chapter 19, it's a story about someone that we all know, and that's Elijah. And I'm going to call this the strategic moment of supernatural encouragement. Why? Because all of us need supernatural encouragement. All of us need time when God comes and visits us. And if you are in the ministry for any length of time, you're going to have uh, a great hunger for this kind of encouragement and this kind of encounter with God. In 1 Kings 19, 4 through 6, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and sat down under a broom tree. All of this being so so uh, symbolic and so easy to preach or teach or look at because all of us go sometimes a day's journey into our own wilderness. All of us sometimes find that tree to sit down under. And he prayed that he might die. Now, this is a extreme response from a leader who has been a prophet. But a lot of us leaders are emotional. And we do have high time, mountains and valleys. We have times when God speaks and it can't, it, it couldn't be better. It just is the absolute uh, mountaintop experience that we long for. We want to stay there, you know, like the disciples. We don't want to go down the mountain. We want to stay there and build three tabernacles kind of a thing. But you can't do it. And this is the prophet Elijah. He had gone into the wilderness, symbolic of our own uh, desert times and and our own dry times, and he sits down under a tree. We all have a place we sit down, and he prays that he might die. It is enough, he says. Now, Lord, take my life. I am no better than my father's. Uh, depression and uh, discouragement, despondency in leaders come when you are totally drained, when you have given everything toward a specific vision, specific goal. Uh, sometimes it's a building program. Sometimes it's a training leadership program. Sometimes you've given everything to preaching and pastoring to grow the church or to grow your ministry of youth or worship, and you find yourself drained. Uh, a drain time doesn't happen overnight. It's usually a, a few years to get there, and some leaders don't know how to get out of it. Uh, but Elijah goes into the wilderness by himself. And isolation is one of the responses leaders have. It's not the best. It's not the right. But God can encounter you in the wilderness by yourself, even when you're saying funny things and you're confessing funny things, things that you shouldn't be saying. Uh, I am of no use. It's enough. I just want to die. Then as they lay and slept under the tree, suddenly, now, everybody listening to me. We need a suddenly. And a suddenly is not a planned, strategic suddenly. It's not something you put on your calendar. It's not something that you can actually say, I'm going to have a suddenly on June 6th. It's not going to happen that way. Uh, it's going to be a surprise. It's going to be a suddenly. It's going to be something that comes to you in a way that is uh, not expected, not planned, but it's God's way of coming to you, and suddenly the angel touched him. And the touch of God 
upon your life, the touch of God upon your ministry, it's a promise. God will touch your ministry and your life and your leadership. He will encounter you in the wilderness, no matter where you're sitting, no matter what you're doing. He'll touch you. And he'll speak to you. And he said to Elijah, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and he lay down again. God has a special cake baked for you, so to speak, symbolic, metaphorically speaking, however you want to interpret what I'm saying. But I'm saying to you, God has some provision, some spiritual provision, a cake that he's baked on his own fire to feed your spirit, feed your mind, feed your heart. And he has a jar of water with your name on it. And if you will eat and drink of what God has packaged for you, you will get up again and you will go a long ways in the kingdom of God. Elijah had his moment. His task was filled with these kind of moments that he was going to have to have. These moments would be the moments that would force him to look at himself and force out the character weaknesses and allow him to begin to forge his character towards something that God wanted him to have. It will deepen his faith, and it will give him a new message that he will run with. And sometimes not the message you choose is the message that God will give you. Galatians 6 and verse 9, Let us not grow weary while doing good. Why? Because we are good leaders. We have a good heart or we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. I don't think I'm talking to people that have mixed motivations and weird ambitions and, you know, you're trying to just lead a carnal life and hurt people and take advantage and climb your own success ladder. I'm probably not talking to those people at all. I'm talking to leaders that want to better their leadership. They want to do good. Uh, They want to make an impact with the church or the ministry they have. And so Galatians 6, 9 is for you. Let us not grow weary while doing good. You're doing good. Uh, You started this with the right motive. And what God is doing in and through you is a fantastic thing. And so Galatians 6, 9 promise, and I'm giving you this promise today, in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I believe this scripture is speaking to your heart right now and speaking to leaders that are listening You're going to reap. Just don't quit. You're going to have a season of refreshing. Just get through where you're at. It might seem like it's forever and you can't see a new season coming, but I'm telling you, there's a new season coming and there will be new encouragement. There will be new baked bread, new jars of water. There will be impacting impartation from the Holy Spirit, and the presence of God into your life to make you the kind of leader that God wants you to be. He does not want you to lose heart and to stop in the middle. So let's not allow ourselves, the message translation, to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Now, that's the word of the Lord to you today, that you are going to have the right heart at the right time to get the right things from a great God so that you can continue doing 
great things. There's a harvest coming for you. Don't give up and don't quit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. You're guaranteed a full harvest that's coming. You're guaranteed a refreshed heart. You're guaranteed a divine encounter. You're guaranteed that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and do something great. You're not going to grow weary, wasted, exhausted, and fatigued as a ministry. That's not your portion. You're not going to do that. You're not going to go there. You might be out of breath. You might be out of soul. You might be in a weariness, but it's going to change. You're going to get refreshed. You're going to have a new spirit in your mind and your heart. And that weakened heart that you did have is going to go away. And you're going to have a change of spirit. This is your time for a divine encounter. A strategic moment where God comes to say, don't give up. Don't give in. I'm about ready to do some fantastic things in your life. Hang on. This will come to pass. Your season is coming. I bake some bread for you. I have a jar of water for you. I have a fresh word for you. You're not done yet. You're going to go in the strength of this for 40 days and 40 nights. You're going to move ahead and you're going to find new vision and new life. I believe for you and I believe God has his hand on your life and you are a fantastic leader. Thank you for listening today to Frank Tomazio Leadership Podcast, this part two of our strategic moments. I hope that, again, that you will let your family and friends know and do some social media about the podcast. Also, if you would leave a review on the iTunes and uh, let us know how we're doing, it will help the podcast and that will broaden those who can listen to us. Until next time, this is Frank Tomazio saying, God bless you and have a great day.